Hello everyone, this is the Connected Family Podcast, episode number 33. This podcast is produced by Connections Family Counseling, LLC, a group counseling practice located in Quincy, Illinois that helps build resilient kids, strong marriages, and connected families. My name is Mark Vanderlei, and I'm your host. Today's episode is all about six steps to forgiving your spouse. Here now is episode number 33 of the Connected Family Podcast. Welcome back to the Connected Family Podcast. Thank you for joining me again. We're continuing on a series related to building strong marriages. Again, like I said in the intro to the last episode, Connections Family Counseling is the sponsor and sort of the producer of this podcast, The Connected Family. And we are committed to building resilient kids, strong marriages, and connected families. And so from time to time, we jump back and forth between topics that fit underneath those three larger umbrellas, resilient kids, strong marriages, and connected families. Well, last episode was all about three ways to restore connection with your spouse. And so we're going to be continuing our conversation about strong marriages and today's discussion is six steps to forgive your spouse. So sometimes in marriage counseling, in the work that I do with couples, uh, I find that couples overcome the demon dialogues. And if you're wondering, wondering about what the demon dialogues are, please go to episode number three of the podcast. And that's where I discuss that. And they've been able to create a new dance of intimacy and they've rewritten the story of their relationship that is more positive, more adaptive, and allows them to engage with one another in a dance that builds connection as opposed to building distance. Yet, when it appears they'll move to that next deeper level of connection and intimacy, one of the partners brings up a seminal incident, this one significant incident in the history and story of their marriage relationship that they just can't seem to let go. Susan Johnson, the founder of Emotion Focused Couples Therapy, describes the describes these hard to let go moments as relationship traumas. She calls them that because they are traumas that occur inside that relationship. And she really talks about the difficulty in continuing that new dance or the new story of the marriage relationship when there is a relationship trauma that has not been resolved. And the challenge with these traumas often is that in order to resolve them, they need to be resolved in the marriage relationship with the very person that perpetrated that trauma. Now, some of the unique aspects of this and what I'm going to be talking about today do not include things like domestic violence. And so I don't want you to hear in this episode today that domestic violence types trauma type traumas and situations should be resolved uh, with the partner who perpetrated that violence. I think that's a completely separate type of relationship trauma and is not something that we're talking about today. So these are the types of traumas that do occur inside the marriage relationship and need to be healed inside the marriage relationship, but don't involve violence. And so Susan Johnson states that many times these relationship traumas include one partner feeling a profound sense of abandonment. It might include an overwhelmed husband isolating in his bedroom just after learning about his wife's cancer diagnosis. Oh man, that moment when that husband learns 
about the uh, very possible future loss of his partner. He's overwhelmed by that news, and the only way he knows how to deal with that is to isolate and move away from the partner who was just diagnosed with cancer, probably the scariest thing that she's ever encountered in her life, and that very person, that one person that she needs to be there for her, to comfort her, and to walk through that journey with her, is overwhelmed and moves away, abandons her. Quite a hurt and definitely a relationship trauma. Or maybe it's the wife's difficulty in showing empathy for her husband when her husband's father dies. Again, that moment in time when we lose or encounter one of the greatest fears in our life and our partner is not available for us in that time. Something very, very difficult. And so Susan Johnson describes these six steps to forgiveness in these relationship trauma type situations. First, the hurt partner speaks the hurt. The hurt partner describes the wound without attacking the other. The partner may use words like, I felt alone, I felt abandoned. This communication is not about the details of the incident, but the feelings and the experience of the one that was hurt. The pain, which in the past had been covered with anger and criticism, is now revealed in honesty and vulnerability. And you'll see that this comes after having moved forward and rebuilt connection with your spouse. So in the last episode, we did talk about the three ways to rebuild connection, accessibility, responsiveness, and engagement. And in order to be honest and vulnerable, really, you have to have already rebuilt that connection. Because if I'm not connected to my spouse, then I am much less likely to be able to be honest and vulnerable with them. So there's been some healing already occurring in the relationship at this time. There's been some progress made where you're feeling more connected to your spouse than you did several weeks ago, feeling more connected and that you're trusting them a little bit more. And so then you take that next step to reveal this other hurt that's sort of underlying and you do that in a way that's honest and vulnerable, opening up your heart. The risk of that, of course, when we're vulnerable is to have that vulnerability. I, I kind of think of it, of it as that vulnerability stomped on. When I open my heart up to someone and show them the pain that's inside, I'm risking that they would invalidate it, that they would kind of smack it on the table and smash it in a way that hurts me even more. So hopefully there's enough connection and I would not recommend using or moving in this vulnerable dire direction unless you have already restored connection with your partner to a pretty significant degree. So after the hurt partner speaks the hurt, the injuring partner is present and acknowledges the hurt. The injuring partner remains emotionally present as the hurt partner shares their experience. The injuring partner now more fully understands how their actions hurt the other. This new understanding leads to an acknowledgement of hurt and creates the safety needed to move forward. Is The injuring partner is present. Such power in being present. I learned this this summer when teaching uh, students how to, how to be counselors through an intensive internship that I was teaching during this summer and the power of presence 
through empathy and validation. And this is exactly what we need when we've been hurt by our partners. We need to be able to share the hurt with them and have them remain present. The challenge for the injuring partner is that it's overwhelming. It's so painful to understand how I've hurt my the, the, the most prized person in my life, the person I love the most and I've hurt them. And so sometimes if I begin to understand that or they tell me about that, I get defensive, I move away, I shut down because it's just too overwhelming. And so really working hard as the injuring partner to stay present, to feel what my partner is feeling as best as I can, and to acknowledge the hurt that has occurred. Next, both partners risk vulnerability. They soften towards the other, moving from defensiveness of, you'll never hurt me again, to, I think I can trust you now. The new position of trust and openness allows for both partners to express emotions surrounding the incident, leading to deeper understanding and connection. That idea of moving from defensiveness to trust. Wow. Even for the hurting part or the injuring partner is pretty important because I think a really a sort of knee-jerk reaction might be to be pretty defensive. However, if we can be vulnerable ourselves, accept as the injuring partner that I have hurt my spouse and acknowledge that, then it opens up the opportunity for my spouse to trust me again, for my partner to trust that I can be safe and that I can acknowledge when I make mistakes. Injuring partners take ownership of their mistake. The injuring partner is now able to take full responsibility for how their actions impacted the hurting partner. This probably includes a heartfelt apology. The injuring partner is able to communicate deep regret, empathy, validation, and a commitment to being there in the future, being present and remaining present. That speaks to that um, the third point of the three points of reconnecting with your spouse from our last episode of engagement, where we remain engaged with our partners despite the tough emotions. We remain connect- connected as we have been moved by them. We do not run away from those hard emotions. Next, partners discuss their needs now. The next step is for partners to communicate with one another what they need in the present. Most likely, Um, This includes presence, touch, responsiveness, awareness, and connection. I, I like to say to the partners, the couples that I work with, to communicate these needs using a mantra that goes like this. I feel I need. I feel scared. I feel hurt. I feel happy. I feel excited. I need connection. Or I need some time to think this through. Or I need some space. Or I need to just sit next to you and be close to you for a few moments. So really thinking through what it is I'm feeling and what it is that you need in this moment. So the six steps to forgiving your partner are the hurt partner speaks the hurt, the injuring partner is present and acknowledges the hurt, the both partners risk vulnerability, the injuring partner takes ownership for the mistake, And then both partners discuss their needs now. And then you know what happens? After having been able to rebuild connection with your partner and being able to forgive them for that relationship trauma, the couple is now ready to create a new story surrounding this incident. 
The news story describes how the incident damaged trust in the relationship, but it also highlights what led to the demon dialogues, remember episode 3, and the resolution of the story is shaped by how the couple confronted the pain in the incident and was able to heal through the process of openness, vulnerability, risk, and connection. A whole new story, not sweeping this relationship trauma under the rug, but creating a new story about how you walked through it, how you became closer through that difficult experience and reconnected with one another, um, even in that difficulty and pain. Thank you for listening to the Connected Family Podcast. We're dedicated to helping you build resilient kids, strong marriages, and connected families. If you'd like to continue the conversation about six steps to forgiving your spouse, please join our Facebook group at facebook.com backslash groups backslash the Connected Family Podcast. This group consists of additional resources, discussion regarding episode topics, and support for building a connected family. You can also follow us on Instagram at Connections Family Counseling or our website at ConnectionsQuincy.com.